Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about how to build a company that can thrive in the future of work. Today, our guest is Yeppi Hansgaard. He's the CEO at Nonovisor, and we're talking about productivity and remote work today. Hi, Yeppi. How are you? Hi. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing very well. We're all in the midst of this kind of new period that we're in. But I, I want to start with you. You do a lot of interesting work. We've interacted before in the past. So just tell us a little bit about Innovisor and the, the bigger scope about what you guys do. Yeah, so Innovisor is, a, is a, one of the global leaders within organization network analysis. What we do is that we map out uh, networks and relationships inside organizations. We identify who has the most influence, who is collaborating with whom, and so forth all with the objective to make sure that the clients can succeed with the change. So it's a big topic that you can go in multiple different directions with. The thing we're talking about now is a recent study you guys have done regarding productivity and remote work. So tell us, why did you choose that topic? Why was that important for you guys to get at? Yeah, so actually, when, when the coronavirus hit in Europe, uh, which was uh, early March, we kind of figured out we wanted to help our clients uh, cope with that challenge. So we, we decided on reconfiguring our tools uh, to, to, uh, to give our clients a possibility to understand what was going on in their organizations in the minds of their people, basically. Um, so, so what we did was that we, we developed a tool for team managers to connect with their teams. So making sure that while they were disconnected, they could stay connected to their teams and also knew what exactly was it that they needed to focus on while they were uh, talking to the teams over virtual media like uh, like the ones we're using right now. So so we decided to do that like within a split second almost, right? So and after 10 days after being sent home, we actually worked, uh, developed a product. We had sold it and delivered it uh, the first time. Yeah, so that's that's our way into to starting to look at remote work and uh, data on productivity and so forth. Yeah, it's amazing to hear all sorts of stories around the world about different companies who have retooled themselves and, and made very, very quick pivots around this topic, both in like the production and manufacturing side. But then it's nice to hear even on the analytics and, and technology side, we can be quick and nimble. So tell us, what are, what are you finding about work? Well, first, what, what's your experience with remote work? Is this something you're used to, your teams are used to, or is it also new for you? <laughs> it is new. Actually, uh, one of the things that we have discovered beforehand uh, in our work with networks and relationships was that the most coherent teams were the best performing teams. Hmm. And, and and my thought on that was that, okay, because we wanted to stay co- coherent and well-performing, we needed to stay together. So we've always kept people together in one office, right? And then actually prioritize that. So So the change in starting to work remotely, like overnight, was a big change. Yeah. But it has actually been going really, really well. And I think it has, amongst others, gone, it has been going really well due to the team. Yeah. So the team already having those connections in place, I think that has helped tremendously. And then we've had a couple of principles for how we wanted to do that. And then, and, and I mean, like um, making sure we uh, had a rhythm in how we were talking to each other, making sure we, we kept the social connectivity, making sure that we had a direction but also making sure that we actually track the well-being of everyone while we were working remotely. What are some ways you're tracking well-being? We have a tool for that. Uh, we, we developed a simple tool in a version one, uh, like I said, 
initially it had nine different parameters. Now it has 13 different parameters that we look at. Uh, and, and, and it takes one minute to respond to for every team member, member and then I get the response, the overall responses uh, right after, basically. Great. Well, well, let's shift the discussion to productivity. I think that, like so many topics that we talk about, productivity is something that, as we look at the future of work, we can't just accept the old definition that was there for what it meant to be productive, which is just how much stuff did you get done divided by the amount of time that you spent on it. So what's been your experience? What have, what have you found through your research about how productivity has changed as we move to remote work? Yes, I can say at least now when we look across the data that we have collected now in the past I would probably five, six weeks, right, uh, the productivity has been dropping gradually. People are actually managing to getting the job done, the daily job done, but it is when, when it, uh, they have to work with something which is outside the immediate daily job, that's where it lacks. So the creativity and the innovation and every single time you have to, to find a colleague somewhere in the office where you would normally kind of jump out, of the, jump out of your chair and then walk over there and talk to that colleague, that doesn't happen anymore. And that productivity element is really uh, tough for people. Yeah. As I've been talking with some friends, I get the sense of like the first couple of weeks, there was enough like regular work that everyone kind of knew what to do. It was just a little bit strange. But then as we've carried on, we're into a full month into this now, extending beyond that. Now we're realizing, okay, like you said, we're kind of having to create new projects, having to create new things, start from scratch, which makes that productivity line tougher to do. Do you think that's contributing to what you're talking about now? Yeah, and actually I can confirm what you just said because the productivity was actually peaking right afterwards. Mm -hmm. For some odd reason, you could see the first two weeks it was just going up and then it, it just goes down afterwards. And I don't know where it ends right now. So in, in Denmark, where we are, we, we are starting to talk about getting gradually back to work mm -hmm. again. And then, but, it, but it will be as two groups. So I'm not sure how that it really uh, is going to play out. Um, but what I can see, though, is that um, what we saw in the early stages of our numbers here was that in the early stages, people had a need for, for knowing frequently or getting frequent information about what was going on with the, uh, in the company, right? Mm -hmm. So biggest need frequent communication then as we moved on past that period where we peaked with the productivity uh, we could see that people started to want uh, or get more information about okay so how's the organization doing still like a, on a broadcast level uh, making sure everybody knew what was going on and where we are right now and that's exactly the period you're talking about right now it's about one-on-ones you need to get expectations aligned, aligned around okay what am i supposed to do now to keep up with my productivity and, and this is where companies are struggling. They, they do not have those things in place to get that uh, that executed. Yeah, it's almost like we were okay doing it as a little bit of a vacation, as an experiment to say, okay, let's take two weeks. Everyone do work from home. It'll be fun. We'll all get a little extra done. But we were not prepared to do this indefinitely and to go through. So let's just step back a bit. Can I just give one more thing to this one or comment to this one? Yeah. Because the third big component we look at, I mean, we look at getting the job done. We look at productivity. And then we look at well-being. Hmm. And, and like I said, getting the job done, that is actually happening. People get that daily job done. The productivity is down, but then the well-being is really, really down. Hmm. So we, we manage all of what we're, we do otherwise, but it's on the account of, uh, of uh, especially well-being right now, right? When you have kids that are doing homeschooling and, and so forth, 
uh, you try to, to kind of navigate whatever you can and be flexible and adapt. And, and since you're a loyal and good employer, employee, you, you actually manage, but it's really, uh, it's hurting people now. Yeah. Do you find that, I mean, you mentioned kids at home, uh, which is, is common for a lot of people, but not for everyone. There are other people who are totally alone in a context. What are the different types of, of well-being? Is there anyone that's doing really well? And what are the other types of profiles you feel like of people who are struggling? Anyone who's doing really well. I have actually not heard about anyone who's doing really well. I can see three groups, right? You have the, or maybe more even. But let me describe three groups. You have the elderly people that mm-hmm. are living either alone or together with their spouse. Right. So they're group two, right? They, they're getting pretty bored by now, I have to say. Yeah. At least in, in where I come from. Then you got the, the young singles staying alone. Uh, and sometimes, uh, I mean, young singles can even be worse off if they, I mean, if they're living in a place where they're far away from their own families. Mm-hmm. So, so at Innovisor, um, we have a number of uh, international uh, employees. Good. So these international employees, they are not close to their families. Uh, so a lot of them are staying in one or two room apartments, uh, and they do not have any social connect, uh, social contacts right now. They're really struggling, that group of people, especially because that's also the, the group that have been the most outgoing beforehand. Right. So, so that's one group. Then you got the group of uh, with, with, with the kids, and then you got the group uh, of elderly people living like one or two people uh, at home. So if let's just say that this remote thing lasts for a long time or that companies really want to want to go to it just on a social level, what do you feel like is a, a more sustainable pattern? I mean, is there any way we can restructure how we live, how families live, how people connect that would improve the well-being of people in this time? I think there's a lot to do for uh, for managers in finding out how they can actually keep that social connectivity up. And I, I was trying to do the same thing in Innovisor, mm-hmm. making sure we had a place where people could uh, connect to each other, uh, talk about social stuff, etc. But but I, I quickly realized that we actually not some of us, uh, including myself, not good enough at prioritizing it. Because I got my social stuff covered with uh, three kids at home and a wife, right? Yeah. Whereas the singles who are in much higher need of it, they really look for it. Um, so, so some of us have not prioritized and some have. So I, I need to have to find a different way. So one of the things that we're trying to do is we make sure we have uh, a rhythm of meeting with each other. So we've got daily check-ins and check-outs. We will have, or we do have, uh, like one-on-ones where we talk to each other, and we have other uh, occasions where we we actually talk to each other. We need a lot more daily contact, FaceTime than we normally have, and actually, it's very, very good also to switch away from the screen, from the Zoom meetings to the phone. Uh, and I think that's one of the practices that we should uh, actually focus on in the future, because when you're sitting in front of the screen, it's two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And you're actually very often also looking at your own picture, mm. which means that you actually take focus away from actually listening to the other person. So if you can get to the phone and actually listen to people instead, that, that will allow you to, to hear more nuances in their voice and actually focus and concentrate on what you're saying. So, so I think that is actually that's probably a habit that more people actually should uh, try to work out. We have been so focused on getting into Zoom, right? And <laughs> maybe it's not entirely good. It's true. I, I feel like the level of focus that we have in a one-on-one conversation 
which may be a generational thing. You know, I come from a, a millennial background. I feel like a lot of people my age, we're, we're constantly thinking of something else. So thinking about how can I do something else while I'm talking to this person. So these video conferences are tough for, for people like us because we're, we're always trying to figure out what else is there. So we, we don't really focus on these conversations. But I think it's not really remote work's fault that this is happening, but it's, it's more exposing what was maybe going on even ahead of time too. So finding new ways to, to stay engaged, to stay focused is really important too. So the other thing we actually talked about today is that when we then return to the office, I mean, you know, there's been this open office movement going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we actually have to reintroduce the in the office so we can stay uh, socially distanced while in the office or physically distanced while in the office. Mm. That's another fun, fun talk we are, we're having right now. Yeah, yeah. The open office is definitely uh, more of a breeding ground for, for viruses, for sure. So that's that. Yeah, it is. I, I, and this is, again, to be really honest with you, I mean, productivity uh, definitions is not something I really uh, have been spending a lot of time on. But, uh, but what we do is that we try to see productivity as a result of a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So um, internal communications is a result of how transparent you are in your um what do you call that, in your communication about what is happening, is a result of um, the flexibility that you give your employees to 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 plan their own uh, work day. It's a result of the virtual meeting practices you have. It's, it's a result of how, uh, how easy it is for people to find the data and information they need to get their job done and so forth. So, so I mean, it's a number of different elements that all together give you productivity. And the way we look at it is we say, okay, so if productivity is the, the, the kind of the, the, the key parameter for us, the one thing we want to achieve, what are the that do an analysis that actually shows what is then driving productivity and what should you then do to, to, uh, to actually uh, get that productivity. And I was actually looking at the numbers right before this call. And, 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 and right now, productivity is a result of three things. One thing is the flexibility that you uh, have when you plan the workday. That makes a lot of sense, right? Because why is it people want flexibility? They want flexibility because uh, if they have kids at home or whatever, they need to make sure that they can structure the workday rather than being uh, regulated by meetings in the calendar all the time. So that's one thing. The other one is your virtual meeting practices. And you have probably also been in those virtual meetings where you have 30 people sitting and they talk uh, in an unfacilitated manner, and, and that is just not productive at all. So you need to figure out who should be meeting about what, when, and why. Yeah, And it, it, it's pretty basic, actually. Um, it should be in place already. It's not only a virtual thing. It's just a meeting practice. But uh, but very often you see that the leaders, they are in meetings plus 60% of their, their work week. Mm-hmm. And if you're in meetings plus 60% of your work week, that actually means that you are not accessible for your employees when they need your advice or your decisions, mm-hmm. uh, which makes you slow. And when you're slow, you're not productive. Yeah. So that actually ties together. And then the third one, which is uh, we see in the virtual world, which is, which is really, really big right now, is people's ability to find the data and information they need to get the job done. And if they had been in the office, they would just uh, walk around. They would ask a friend where can I find this data or information or do you know anyone who could help me? 
that's the informal system, right? The informal way of working. Yeah. But now when you're working virtually, everything has to almost follow the, the, the formal principles. So, so, so I think uh, that, is, that is a key factor also for productivity right now. At least it's the three factors that, that uh, are the most important in our data right now. It was not the factors that were the most important in the beginning, but right now, after five weeks of working from home, it is. Yeah, I love these. Flexibility of schedule, virtual meeting practices is something we've talked about and written about a lot. Uh, ability to find information. I feel like what this underscores for me is this whole thing of, of the coronavirus, of, of moving to remote work, has really just underscored and, and brought to light a lot of things that we struggle with in general, we just maybe don't realize how much we struggle with because I mean, flexibility of work hours is, is there if you're in the office or not. Um, some people, some people just the regular hours in the office is difficult to do, but we manage to do it. I feel like our meetings in office are also not really constructive or they can do a lot of work too. And so uh, again, all this thing just brings to light the, the problems that have been there all along, but now they're just much more obvious and, and cause us to really think about if you're going to make a switch to remote work or if you're going to get back in the office as soon as you can, we all have ways we can really level up our communication practices, our meeting practices, our, our document storage, lots of different things about how to become a, a better company throughout this. So I, I hope we all can learn that lesson for sure. Yeah, I, I do too. Good. How can, uh, I guess, with, with all these things, if somebody is a leader of a company, they're still trying to struggle through this, but they know they got another maybe month or two ahead of them of remote work, what's one thing you hope that they would focus on first? I think uh, in the, so the way we did it in Innovise, we actually said, let's focus on the people first. Mm-hmm. Because if your people are in a good place, then they can actually manage to also to be productive. Yeah. But you cannot do it the other way around. True. Uh, if you just want your people to be productive, but they're not in a good place, it, it's never going to happen. So make sure you take care of your people. Yeah. Make sure they have uh, what they need to be productive. So make sure you give them the flexibility that we just talked about to plan their own workday. I mean, uh, don't micromanage. That kills well-being, and it also kills productivity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make sure you kind of get a, get a get your virtual meetings in place. I mean, uh, we all uh, suffer from virtual meetings by now uh, <laughs> and, you, and you, need to, you need to do something about it. Uh, and then thirdly, I mean, uh, make it clear who should people, I don't think you can manage that thing with uh, making sure everybody knows where they can find the data and information, but you can actually help, peeping, help people find those key people that actually knows. So make those uh, invisible, People in the organization visible, the, the, the connectors, the brokers, the, the ones that have the information. Yeah. That's a neat one. That's a great recipe for, you know, just trying to do the basics to get through this and do it well. And I, I like that you started with the people part of it because, again, one of our themes is just a company's job is to remove as much chronic stress as possible from people's lives. Because if they have that chronic stress, they're, they're not going to be productive. They're not going to do well and their lives won't be good. So... Great place to start. Uh, Yippee, where can people go to learn more about Innovisor and the work you do? Yeah, they can go to our website or follow us on the social media. So our website is innovisor.com. Uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, clients, studies, uh, benchmarks, resource available. Or you can just follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever you want to go. And you guys put out a lot of neat stuff. I like following it, so I encourage everyone to check that out mm-hmm. and be there. So thanks a lot for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. 
if you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a Level 5 digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.